Hey, all you beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. I am Jen, the host and creator of this show. If you are a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be, all while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more or connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com or on Instagram. So go pour a hot cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. Today, I have Melody Patton, who is a sleep consultant here in Calgary. She has helped so many people here to get their kiddos into good sleep patterns, and I'm excited to chat with her and learn more about it. So welcome, Melody. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for having me on here today. Absolutely. How are you guys doing today? We're doing not too bad. Sun is shining. Moods are, moods are good. Everyone's happy. So good day. When the sun is shining, it's crazy how much it can actually uplift your mood compared to like the blizzards we've had the last two days. Totally. I open every single curtain in my house. <laughs> like crack the windows. I know it's, it's insane. I know my son just wants to ride his bike and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it was blizzarding. But today I'm like, okay, you might be able to. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the warm weather when it eventually comes just to get outside. Right. I know we need spring now more than ever before. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So why don't we kind of start this off by you telling everybody who's listening, who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So, um, as you said, I'm Melody Patton and I uh, am married to my husband, Aaron, and I have two kiddos who are three and one. Um, Bex is the oldest and Bryn is the youngest. And I'm also a registered nurse. So I uh, work in mental health and in labor and delivery. And then somewhere along the way with having my own kids, um, sleep thing came up and yeah, became a sleep consultant with uh, Sleep Sense. So Dana Obelman is a creator and I got trained um, like one-on-one with her. And so it's just been a wild ride since doing that. Amazing. And so um, kind of what made you get into this? I know you said your girls. Now, was it both of them? Was it one of them? Yeah. So, um, you know, being pregnant with my first with Bex, I um, knew so much about labor and pregnancy, right? Like working in labor and delivery. I just felt like, yeah, I got this, like no big deal. Um, And I had taken care of lots of kids throughout my life, like had lots of siblings. So I was like, yeah, it's not a problem. And um, having her and realizing that um, what I thought I knew was just like not true (laughs) or I I knew very little with regards to baby sleep. And and so when she got to be about four months, um, that was the most sleep deprived I had ever been in my entire life. And I remember sitting down and telling my husband, Aaron, like, I think my head's going to fall off. Like, I actually think it's going to pop off my neck. And he's like, I don't think that actually happens. And I'm like, no, no, I think it's going to happen. And there was one night when Bex was about four months where she was going through that regression. And like, she was up literally every two hours and I I got no sleep. So at about 5.30 in the morning, I kicked open the door of our bedroom. So I was in the guest room trying to manage all this. And not like threw Bex at my husband, but like just about. <laughs> be like, take the baby now. And, um, and after that, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So it led me to um, researching and had a friend say like, you can actually like sleep train your baby. And I had no idea what that was. And so ended up sleep training her and was like, it obviously was hard, but then I, the results within a short amount of time, I was like, Oh, you can actually like do something about it. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, it was really interesting as I did that. And then people were asking me constantly, like, what'd you do? What'd you do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just know this small <laughs> amount of information that I read, like this book. Yeah. And I'm trying to like give people advice, but I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I don't know all the answers. And so it actually led me down the road of um, becoming a consultant because I just found that I like helping people, but I just didn't have the answers, you know, like I just... Yeah. Someone's saying, oh, my one-year-old's doing this. Like, what did you do with your four-month-old? I'm like, well, I don't know if what I did with my four-month-old applies to your one-year-old. Like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it kind of led me to that. And then I got connected with Sleep Sense, uh, which is the program I use for Bex. And yeah, like started this business really out there to um, help educate people and just help people because I know what it feels like to think that my head's going to fall off my shoulders. So. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah. answers my next question then was, are they both good sleepers? So obviously at four months, you kind of turn Bex around. Is Bryn a good sleeper? Yeah. So Bryn um, was doing really well so much earlier on in her life. And there's just like certain things that I realized later on that I was like, oh, I could have done that with Bex and I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, like waddling a newborn is magic. Um, and yeah, they seem like they hate it, but it's just them settling themselves. And when you wait those two minutes for them to settle, you're like, oh, then they sleep so much better, you know? Uh-huh. So stuff like that that I just, like, really didn't know. Totally. Um, so Bryn, like, did way better sooner and sleeps well. And Bex, you know, she's almost four, has been sleeping well for such a long time. And so when I get clients who their child's, like, the same age as Bex, and they're like, oh, this is so hard. I'm like, I can't imagine, uh-huh. like, if in almost four years of what they're dealing with you no know? sleep I know right well even yeah. I know we talked like years ago because of my oldest mm-hmm. was terrible he's finally amazing um yeah. but it took years like probably I think the entire time I was pregnant with our second son um yeah. it was hell like I was sleeping on my older son's floor like just so he would get used to his room so it was almost three years of of chaos and yeah. uh, I think the good Lord sent me a good second sleeper just cause he knew. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's hard to say, like, is it personality? Like, is mm. it that, you know, different things. And I think it's a combination, right? Like it's a combination of, you know, different. So you try different things. Also mm. every child is so different. So their personality, totally. you know, different that way. Totally. I will take full yeah. responsibility for it. I think, and I don't know, I think a lot of mobs are like this too, but like with your first, it's your first. So mm-hmm. you're, you don't want to put them down. You want to coddle them. You want to hold them all the time. And mm-hmm. like that just led to like, that was his comfort. I swear this is what happened. <laughs> and then with our second, like not that I love him any less, but Matt, I was way quicker to put him down, way quicker to like give him the bottle, way, just way quicker. And I think he just created his own habits from the get-go, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, oh, yeah. Uh, and when you have baby number one and you only have a baby, like you just have them, you can yeah. hold all day, every day for all their naps. And I, I did that with Bex. Like I literally held her, like it felt like 24 hours a day um, until totally. it was not working anymore. Um, and then baby number two, yeah, like I had to put Bryn down. Like I, you know, like you're okay, like safe space to put her down and then come back. You're like, oh, she fell asleep. Totally. Great. You know? Yeah, so, totally. It's you just don't have the time or the arm space to hold them both sometimes. 
yeah, and totally depending on the spacing of your kid too, um, and how if they're more of like a baby or like an older toddler, like their needs are different, but they still need you a lot. And we don't grow more arms. I wish we did, but we only have two. Arms, so, um, yeah, so you're a nurse. So that is a medical fact, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I have not seen it yet. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. okay. So what would you say are kind of the top mistakes that parents can make that create bad sleep patterns? Yeah. So gosh, um, it feels like there's a lot, but I'm going to try to narrow it down to like kind of the main ones that I see all the time and ones that I've even done. Cause I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh yeah. Like this was no problem. Like, no, with my first baby, I did all of the things. Um, and so, yeah. So the first one is, I would say, especially when baby gets closer to three months, um, you really need to get away from feeding them to sleep. Um, cause what I find what happens is all of a sudden they're six months old and they're eight months old and yada, yada, yada. And they're a year old and you're like still trying to feed them to sleep, but it just doesn't work as much anymore. And they, you know, it causes other problems, but I find like if sooner when they're, when they're young and you start working away from feeding them to sleep, it helps to break that, what we call, um, feed sleep association. Um, and that will kind of help set you up for future uh, success so that they can actually like put themselves to sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that would be the first one is kind of when they're even younger, start working towards um, not beating them to sleep. So the second one, and I hear, I honestly hear this all the time. Um, even just my last client who was a friend said, I just didn't think she could fall asleep on her own. Because mm-hmm. I think when we have like little babies, which is true with like newborns, you know, we hold them all the time. They need help settling. But then as they get older, we still continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when the reality is they probably can fall asleep on their own. We just don't give them that opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. So if you're always like, oh, like every sleep situation, you're helping them, um, they'll literally never get a chance to do it on their own. So and they fell asleep in the womb all the time. <laughs> yeah. They slept perfectly fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, I, you know, I've thought a lot about like, why is it that we help our babies, especially when their newborns fall asleep? all the time. Like we're constantly like rocking them, holding them, patting them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and newborns are a whole other little creature, but as they get older, really they need to have that chance to fall asleep. Like you and I, at least as far as I know, like <laughs> I don't get rocked to sleep, right? Like nobody rubs well, my back. Sadly, I do not. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, so that ability to fall asleep on your own is a skill and it, it helps with so many things. So um, um, that I hear that a lot. Parents are like, I just didn't think they could do it. And like, I don't know why I didn't give it a chance. Like I, why didn't I just let them try? And so that's one thing that I think a lot of parents do. So mm-hmm. that's really, yeah. Um, the other thing, especially as the baby gets older, so I'm talking like over six months, mm-hmm. not making an effort to cut out night feeds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you all of a sudden you have like an older baby who has a lot of night feeds and it's like tiring to constantly get up. Um, so I think I, and I know I've experienced this too. You're like, Oh, are they going to be hungry? Are they going to be okay? Are they going to miss me? And it's really more about habit versus like, are they actually hungry? Mm-hmm. And really what's more important is that they sleep really well at night and they just get that, like what we call consolidated sleep so that they're sleeping sleep cycle, sleep cycle, sleep cycle versus waking up and needing help in between each sleep cycle. So making that effort is important. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I, uh, 
I will vouch for just the second part of it where you said like they just will fall asleep on their own. I literally didn't even give my second son any other option. I was like, okay, cool. Here's your bottle. I literally used to not even hold the bottle. I would prop it up and just come check on him. And like he created his own sleep habits, which obviously like no baby is perfect, but as far as comparing the two of mine, like night and day. And I swear, like I said, it had something to do with just exactly what you said, like just allowing him to create his own routine. Yeah. Well, and giving them the opportunity to do, to fall asleep on their own um, is a big thing. And, and I think that's very much like first baby versus second baby. I see that a lot. Totally. Um, It also depends on family dynamics and, overall beliefs around, um, babies crying, right? Like all of those things play into, um, into that. And I think that I'm not going to sit here and say like, that's easy because it's actually not, even though I know what I know, there's times I was like, Oh, like, you know, in the middle of the night, you don't think clearly. And you're like, are they okay? Like, are they hungry? And you're like, no, I checked on them and actually they're okay. And they just need to go back to sleep. Totally. Um, and so at some point sleep is the key and it helps with it's like a ripple effect. So when they sleep well, they nap well. And when they sleep well and nap well, they eat well. (laughs) And when they sleep well, nap well, eat well, then they're happy babies, right? So Mm -hmm. it kind of goes back to step one of like, let's get in them sleeping well because it helps so many other aspects. Mm -hmm. Which in hindsight, now that you said that out loud, our first is a terrible eater. He's so incredibly picky. <laughs> so I yeah. swear I created that monster with sleep and eating and all of that stuff very early on. The other thing that I did with our second, and maybe this is frowned upon, is I did not use a baby monitor. I know it's a mm-hmm. big no-no with some people, but the way that our house was situated, like he was almost in like a secondary space off of our um, bedroom. And yeah. so I was like, I can see him. Like I really don't need to. And then we moved into a different house where he's in his own bedroom. And I just didn't use the baby monitor because I swear it it just triggered my anxiety. He would move like an ounce and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's okay. And so this time I'm like, listen, this kid's got lungs. He will let me know if he's truly not okay. And it was the best thing that I could have done for myself, of course. Totally. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned the baby monitor because um, for me, baby number one, yeah, monitor for a really long time. And currently where Bryn's room is, um, it shares a wall with our bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so I also had that where I would hear every little noise and it did trigger anxiety, especially in the night. Yeah. And it is like your mom ears and then you're awake. Right. Like your ears are perked. You're like, what's going on? You're like, your heart starts pumping faster and you're like, what's the deal? And they go, they literally just rolled over and you're like, (laughs) right. Like what's happening? So true. Yeah. And I'm like, so I said to my husband, like, okay, we can hear her. Like we hear her cry. We hear her talk. Those are the noises that we need. Her rolling over in bed. We don't need to hear that. So we did that too. Like we actually don't have the monitor anymore. And when she wakes up in the morning and she's calling out for us, we hear her perfectly fine. Totally. Yeah. No. And yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and I had a client once who, um, she had twins and the monitor was highly anxiety inducing. Mm. And so after making sure that if they were in fact crying, she could hear them, like all of those things, we actually just got rid of the monitor and the babies were sleeping great and she was sleeping great. Um, or so much better anyways, because that anxiety portion was there. So I think the monitor is such a great tool, like mm. a, a thing tool, but it really can um, spark mom's anxieties 
100%. No, 100%. Especially if it's like, yeah, there's even like the super, super high tech ones. And like, I honestly just would unplug it. I swear that if we can get into that deep REM sleep ourselves, we don't hear all those little tiny noises and stuff. But if we're, you're right, like having that anxiety and it's probably just underlying, like we're trying to sleep, but it's there. Like I know, like my husband and I were watching a show last night and I had to pause it probably six times because I could have sworn I heard Holt making noises and yelling and stuff like that. And my husband kept looking at me like, are you crazy? And I'm like, I swear I hear the crying. I swear it's ingrained in my brain. (laughs) And it's crazy. Like we hear these things that don't even exist. Yeah, totally. I, I experienced that a lot too, or we have a, like an AC unit in our room. And the one night I was like, what is that noise? And I sat up in bed and I listened and like, it's literally the AC unit. And I could, I swore that AC unit was crying. Like the noise it was making. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Like our brain, it's so interesting. Like it's so interesting how our brains work around. Does Aaron hear any of that? Oh, he does. Um, oh. He, he has like a program mom brain. Unfortunately, he's not okay. the dad everything um I know there's a couple times that he like poked me and he's like uh are you gonna go like do something and I'm like oh what you know I love uh, it so yeah like that what it does to our brains like it rewires our brains in ways that yeah we just hear everything so um yeah it's a very interesting conversation around monitors and oh, what's going on that. yeah they're great I'd tool. be interested to to pull the Instagram and just see how many people use them I know for, for myself, just going back to like the mom brain, dad brain, like my husband, I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago. I think Holt is uh, starting to cut molars. And so obviously that throws sleep kind of out of whack. He's back to normal now, but he had a good couple of rough nights and yeah. there wasn't. And so my husband's a heavy sleeper and always has been. And he, at one point I was so frustrated. I was like sitting on the bed. I'm like, I don't know what else I can do right now. Like, I don't know what to, uh, like, I'm so out of it. So my husband got up, went into Holt's room, picked him up, brought him back into our bed. And I was like, this kid does not like to snuggle. He's not like our first who would just like lay back down and go to sleep with us. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. so I'm to party. Um, and so he brought him into our bed and the next morning, like I obviously soothed him and I finally was able to get him to go back to sleep. But the next morning I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, yeah, you brought him into our bed. He's like, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. And we had a full on argument. He's like, well, that's really scary. I do not remember going into Holt's room and getting him. I'm like, okay, maybe there, like, maybe there's a reason that you don't hear much because that's yeah. scary. Because <laughs> you do all sorts of things that like you don't even know. No, that yeah. was like the first, yeah, like that was the first time. And he was like, usually he's kind of, he's awake, but he's kind of sleeping. And he's like, I'll just, you know, go soothe him and put him back down. But he full yeah. on carried him to our room and he had no recollection of it. And I was like, oh my goodness. Hey. <laughs> Oh my god! Anymore. Um, yeah. Okay. So, kind of the next question. Then I know we touched on it, but routines are obviously super key in sleep training. So, what yes. would you say are your top five tips for creating kind of a healthy sleep routine? Yeah, totally. So, oh my goodness, it's hard to narrow it to five, but uh, <laughs> the five that I because like this is what I do, right? So, the five that I really narrow down. First one is eat, play, sleep. So I know. Oh my goodness, like the eat, play, sleep. And there's so much like discussion around like baby's routine around eat, play, sleep. But honest to goodness, especially if they're like older than a newborn, even a newborn, you can implement this. But when they like, when they wake up, then they eat and then there's playtime and there's sleep time. And those sorts of things help with a few things. So one, it helps differentiate like tired versus hungry Mm -hmm. um, because those cues look very similar in babies. Like 
they kind of scream the same. They kind of look the same when they're tired and they're hungry. So when you have this kind of routine, you know, they're getting really great feeds. There's a little bit of a wake time and then they're ready for sleep. And there's limited confusion around that. So it, that helps a lot. Um, and I find once you kind of switch to that, then it helps to break that, um, uh, feed sleep routine or uh-huh. sleep routine. And then it, it's, you know, it ripples again to other good things. So that's number one, eat, play, sleep, implementing that as much as possible helps a lot. Um, the second one is watching the clock. So this is something that with Bex, like when she was a newborn, I just had no idea mm-hmm. around how much awake time a newborn could handle. And for, for example, for a newborn, it's literally like 45 to 60 minutes mm-hmm. and then they need to go back to sleep. And that includes feeds. And so knowing that sort of information of like how much awake time is appropriate for your child can, is, is a game changer. Mm-hmm implement eat play sleep and they eat and they play and then it's been 60 minutes for example for a newborn you're like all right it's sleep time right and yep. those can help um just have a better like overall like routine in the day mm-hmm. and same for older babies if you know that they can handle three hours of awake time and you've watched the clock you're like oh and they're getting cranky you know it's because they need to go to bed right yeah so yeah. make it so much easier it helps to avoid overtiredness um and you know what? This is something that I say to almost all my clients. I say it's so unfair because when us adults are really overtired, we like go to bed, we lay down and we kind of sleep and we wake up in the same position, you know, when you're like so mm-hmm. exhausted. And, but babies aren't like that. They, um, when they're overtired, they like have difficulty settling and they wake up a lot in the night and it just creates this like negative cycle. So by watching their wake times in the day and making sure that you're not creating an overtired baby, it helps you at night as well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. So that's number two. Um, number three is honor naps. Um, daytime sleep, again, part of that cycle of um, if they have good nighttime sleep, then they have good naps and they have good naps, they have good nighttime sleep. So making sure that your kid has good naps. And now, I mean, everybody's home. And I know a couple of my clients have said like, well, it's easy to make sure we get good naps at home because none of them are going to go. Yep. Um, they're like, yeah, that's so true. But ha- making sure that your child is getting the daytime naps um, that's appropriate for their age, honestly, is like a lifesaver. Because mm-hmm. um, for any parent you know who's had a baby that overall sleeps well, and then they have a, a nap day that's kind of weird because they have appointments or they're out or whatever, and they have a cranky baby and their night is bad, you quickly realize like, oh, okay, bad nap days equals bad night. And you know what? I have to deal with them in the night. And so I, I'm always like, let's make sure everybody gets a good, good nap. Mm-hmm. So that's honoring naps is okay. super important. Um, the next one I would say is make your child's room dark, mm-hmm. like make it dark for naps. And, and now we're heading into springtime. So the sun, there's a little bit more light coming in, but nap time, it needs to be dark. They sleep so much better. Um, so make that, make your child's room dark. And I've, you know, like, I love the Ikea blackout blinds. There's so many options. Those are great. Honestly, even if you just DIY it, right? Like you just grab items essentially from your recycle bin, cover your windows, right? All of those things can help so, so much. So make sure your child's room is dark for their naps. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I would say is being consistent. So babies and children, they thrive off of predictability. And especially babies, because obviously we talk to them all the time, but they don't necessarily understand exactly what we're saying. 
how we communicate with them is by having a pre- like that predictability and routines. So when you start a certain routine, they start to be like, oh, like this is my nap time routine or this is my bedtime routine. And that's how we like communicate with them. And so by staying really consistent and having that predictability, it communi- it helps them understand that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. One example that I, I noticed more with Bryn because like, obviously I knew so much more with her was I would go to her room, you know, for her nap and or bedtime or whatever. And like, as soon as I'd put her, lay her down to put in her sleep sack, she literally like would rub her eyes. Mm-hmm. I did that. Like she just knew that this sort of motion and this, and like grabbing one arm, putting it in, grabbing the other arm, putting it in. Like it was, it was just that predictability for her. She knew it was nap time. Absolutely. I can vouch for that one. Um, on the days where I'm like, oh, maybe he doesn't need a sleep sack <laughs> or something. Yeah. And then I put him down and he's like, oh, I can stick my legs through the rungs of the crib. This is party time. Put him in a sleep sack and he's like, oh, okay, it's bedtime. Right? It's, yeah. it's I absolutely, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's, it's a little thing. And I like to equate it like for us adults, um, you know, most of us have like somewhat of a routine before bed, right? Like mm-hmm. we wash our face, we like brush our teeth, we put our PGs on, you know, like da da da, put on our hand cream, whatever it is. But if you ever like have one of those nights, I find especially as I get older, um, where you like skip a s- couple steps, you're like, whatever, it's fine. I'll just like not wash my face properly or I'll just like not put on mm-hmm. my fuzzy socks or whatever. Then you're like laying in bed and you feel like off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, I should have just taken the extra two minutes to do my full routine because my, it cues my brain and makes me ready for sleep. And so Absolutely. it's the same thing for kids. They need those kind of predictable things in the routine that helps them asleep. Absolutely. And I mean, like, as we get older, obviously our skin's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, your makeup off. <laughs> yeah. You like wake up and you're like, bad choice. Bad. Yeah. Bad choice. Going to regret it yeah. for at least two weeks now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. As you get older, like when you're 20, you're like, Oh, whatever. I slept with my makeup on. Not a big totally. deal. Yeah. When you get older, your screen's like, Mm-mm, no, thank you. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. So one more time, just go over what the five things are just for naming. So yeah. So number one is eat, play, sleep. Mm-hmm. Number two, watch the clock. So okay. awake times based on your child's age. Number three, honor daytime naps. Okay. Number four, make your child's room dark. Okay. Number five is consistency. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So obviously this is a, it's kind of like doulas. I feel like in the last couple of years, it's been a booming industry with sleep consultants, doulas, like all of those kinds of things, because it's giving all of us amazing moms, something to kind of strive towards in a new career path. And it's one that we're comfortable with and we know about. Um, And so what would you say kind of makes you different from the other sleep consultants? Yeah, totally. So I had to sit and think about this a little bit because it's like, well, obviously I have like features and qualities that make me different, but what is it like? What are those handful of things that make me different? And one thing I would say that I have heard from multiple clients and the reasons why they chose to seek me out and hire me was that being a nurse um, who works in, you know, labor and delivery and in mental health, I think gives me that extra perspective, Mm. uh, that extra knowledge and information, right? Like I, I get pregnancy and not just because of my own pregnancies, but because I've cared for many women in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I 
I get traumatic like deliveries, right? Like you and I have talked about that, right? Like mm-hmm. traumatic deliveries. Like I get that whole experience. I, and you know, I've seen lots of newborns and, um, I get the whole like going home with a new child and how like terrifying that can be. Right. So that aspect of like working with families who are experiencing this like amazing life change, um, and adding a new person to their family, like that gives, I feel like that gives me a whole other perspective on, you know, um, how can I say this? You know, when it's been like eight months and your child's still not sleeping and you love them so much because you've been through this like really difficult journey to get them, mm-hmm. but you like start to resent them. Like I get that, <laughs> you know, yeah, like totally. understand what that journey's like. Um, and also the mental health aspect of that, um, how that plays into like everything, right? And mental health obviously now is such a big topic, mm-hmm. um, especially in the midst of COVID-19 is such a massive topic, right? Because mm-hmm. it is more of a struggle. So I get that. And I know I've had lots of conversations with moms around mental health and resources and, you know, just trying to identify like, what are some things that are going on for them? So I feel like that nursing background that I have um, really gives me that edge um, to helping families because it's not, it's not just sleep, right? Like obviously I deal with sleep, but there's lots of other things, right? Like if Mm -hmm. mom is suffering with postpartum anxiety or depression, right? Like, that's a, that's a big aspect to what I do when I'm helping families. No, absolutely. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that does give you the edge Um, because you're right. It isn't just sleep. It's, it's baby's mental state. It's how their brain is computing. It's how yours is computing. It's how you guys compute together. Um, And if you're right, if, if a mom has some kind of postpartum, it might be playing off into baby and, maybe, you know, like they're thinking it's way worse than it actually is. And so I think to have all of that background is absolutely, um, just a game changer for you. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, what would you say is kind of one sleep consultant secret that you can share with us? Yeah. So, you know, in all of this, like, yes, I help sleep. I like do sleep training, but really what I'm doing is I'm empowering parents Mm-hmm. Right. Like I empower parents to teach their child, um, to set up better routines, to set up better environments. And, you know, when it, when it all comes down, when you boil it down to like the secret sauce of it, really, it comes down to, you need to put your baby to sleep awake. They need to go in their bed awake mm-hmm. and that without, you know, without breastfeeding them and bottle feeding them and soothers and rocking. And really like that is part of a huge part of this. And so if you can work at putting your baby down to bed and in their bed awake, that is like, that can be such a big step. And that's something where I said before, um, a lot of parents are like, I didn't realize they could fall asleep on their own. Well, you got to give them that chance. And so, you know, for like people listening, if you're like, Oh, like I actually never let my baby try to fall asleep on their own. I encourage you to try it because honestly, like that is such a, it can be such a game changer mm-hmm. um, and realizing one for yourself, Oh, they can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And two, giving that baby that opportunity to fall asleep on their own and just like step one on the journey. Totally. 100%. And I mean, again, if you're right, if you think back to your own personal routine, like I don't just 
lay, like nobody puts me in bed asleep or no one rocks me to sleep. Like I need to lay in bed. I need to do my thing, whether that's read or look at my phone for a little bit. And then you wind down and you fall, you like you fall asleep. And so it's, you're right. It's absolutely the same for babies. They need to create their own routine. Yeah. And I remember during our training, like Dana um, said, you know, think about it for yourself. Like, let's say like you fell asleep in one place and then you woke up and you were in a totally different place. How <laughs> confusing that would be. I'm like, that'd be terrifying. Like as an adult, if you like fell asleep in one spot and you woke up and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. What's going on? Like, and so for, you know, so it kind of plays into like for babies, like for them to go to sleep on their own in that environment where they're going to sleep all night. Well, if they wake up in the night and they roll over, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I fell asleep here. Like this is where I was put and I fell asleep on my own. So much easier for them to go back to sleep versus being like, I was in my mom's arms and now I'm not my mom's arms. Like what is happening? Right. And it it creates like a safe place. Like I know for us, like I actually, because I don't have a big monitor, (laughs) I actually don't even know what time Holt wakes up, but I swear he wakes up an hour before any of us hear him. And he literally just sits in his crib, sits up, plays with his little like stuffy that he has. And he's honestly so quiet. It's pitch black in his room. we We sometimes are like, okay, creep. Like, what are you doing in here? Like, how long have you been awake? But it's because he's like created a safe place for himself. Right. Totally. Yeah. And it's a comfort thing. Right. And, um, just think about yourself when you're so tired and you're like, Oh, like, what do you crave? Like you just crave your bed. Right. Like you're just like, I want to, like, I just want to go to bed. And when you need a rest or you need a, like, you know, a timeout, like our bed is often that kind of space for us. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like for Holtz, like just chilling in his bed and he loves it and he's happy there. Like that's exactly what we want. We want them to love their bed and be happy there and sleep well there. Um, just makes for happy babies. No, absolutely. Um, is there anything else you would like to add? We're almost done here. Um, no, like I, gosh, I mean, I honestly could talk about sleep for an eternity uh, because it is obviously something I'm super interested in and passionate about. And, um, I, I'm, I'm a problem solver by nature. Like I was always that kid where it's like, we got to fix this. Like, and I'd be like problem solving with my friends were like 15 and I'm like, let's do this. Let's try that. And like, I'm always, I was, I'm always that kind of, I've always been that kind of person. So um, I think, you know, I love solving problems and, um, and that's why I do this. And so I think that helps me to like, love this job and like love to help people who are like, I don't know what to do next. I'm like, let me solve it. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So are you doing, are you nursing right now with all this craziness going on? Uh, so that is a long story, but currently no. So I'm at home, uh, with my family just cause we have, um, we're the main point of contact for my father-in-law who's actually quite elderly okay. and, um, so we're like, just for the moment, we're just yeah. staying, bring down at home come summer. I may go back to work for a bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm at home. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so you're doing mostly sleep consulting. You can do it all virtually. Like there's no need for you to meet people in person kind of thing. So this is kind of what you're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually most of my people, I don't even know what they look like. <laughs> so I'm like because I don't meet most people face to face, right? So I like yeah. I don't even know unless they're like their email has a little icon. I'm like, oh cool, like that's what they look like. You put a face to their name. Um yeah, so I do I can do it all virtually over the phone. I've worked with people who don't even live in this province, right? Like it doesn't have uh-huh. to be um that you live in Calgary, like it can be yeah. anywhere. 
um, which is great. And so, um, in terms of getting in touch with me, so, um, easiest ways are, there's a couple different ways, but Facebook, just Melody Patton Sleep Consulting, um, can hop on my, my business page there and get in touch with me and all my contact info is there. I'm also on Instagram at the same, um, same name of Melody Patton Sleep Consulting. Mm-hmm. And so those are kind of the easiest ways to like get a hold of me. And then I have, especially more on Facebook, I have a lot of information. So you can like scroll through and um, get some information there as well. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, honestly, I think this was a great chat, super, super informative. And I know that you're right right now we're all at home. So there is the, per- this is the perfect time for us to train the babies that need to be trained. <laughs> oh, totally. Cause you like have nowhere to go, especially yeah. if you're like, yeah, it's honest. And not that I want to be like, Oh, like this is such a perfect time, but it really is a great time. It, it is. It yeah. is a good time to just like, let's just deal with it. You're at home. You can do all your naps at home. Um, you don't have to worry about like going out and how do you manage that? You're like, let's just get your baby sleeping. And so totally. it is a good time to deal with it. Um, I'm here to help. Obviously I'm home all the time too. So yeah. my availability is even better because of that. So, um, yeah, so totally. So I'm here to help and I like, I love working with people and, um, people can reach out to me and, and just ask some questions and see like, Hey, like, is this a bigger problem? Uh, I love to just chat with people and see what's going on with them. So totally. Absolutely. Well, I will definitely uh, tag both of those accounts. Um, and yeah, I know that everybody is going to love this episode and listen to it. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Awesome. Okay. Well stay safe and we will talk very soon. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Hey mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. And also, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.